Hello! Today we have a very special episode. We have a replay from one of the previous cyber marketing cons, the conference held on by the Cybersecurity Marketing Society for cybersecurity marketers and by cybersecurity marketers. We hope to see you in Austin, Texas this year at Cyber Marketing Con 2023. Mark those calendars and get those tickets. December 10th through 13th is going to be an amazing couple days is full of education, the best speakers around, hands-on workshops, networking, 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 and of course, some patented cybersecurity marketing society fun. You gotta come and Maria and I cannot wait to see you. Enjoy this episode and see you in Austin in December. We're going to get started on our first panel of the day or session of the day. I'm so very excited and pleased to bring you this video marketing social media star, Kate Hassett, the (laughs) director of social media and influencer marketing from Keeper Security. We all know Keeper. We've all seen the Keeper video series that's everywhere on LinkedIn. Um, And we are so excited that uh, Kate is here to share her secrets and how to set up a video marketing, influencer marketing of your own. So how this is gonna go is Kate's gonna walk through her presentation and we're also taking Q&A and comments and questions from the audience. Um, So I'm gonna pass the virtual mic over to you, Kate. Thank you, thank you for being here and looking forward to seeing your presentation. Awesome, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Cyber Marketing Con 2021. So excited to be here. Thank you guys for um, waking up early and attending with me. I saw a couple people in the chat that are like crazy early in the morning and someone mentioned that they, oh, Bree, a huge fan of Keeper. So thank you. I appreciate that. We're going to jump in and talk about video and influencer marketing. This is a hot topic, you know, in marketing in general. And the question that I get a lot of times from people in our area in our arena, as I say, in cyber, like, how can I make this work for me? So we're going to chat about that today. And hopefully I answer all of your questions. And if not, type them in or connect with me afterwards. And we can definitely go over anything that you want to talk about. Hi there. My name is Sean Madsen, and I head up digital strategy at Checkpoint Software. We use Hushly as our primary demand platform. We use it to remove gates, we use it for our landing pages, and we use it for our resource hub. And it has improved our conversion rate by 5x. So I joined Keeper a little over two years ago from an influencer marketing agency. In the past, I worked at a theme park in South Georgia and I launched influencer marketing and social media strategies for them. So I've been fairly consumer heavy until I went to the agency and focused more on B2B brands. I was working with a couple reality show stars, Colin Egglesworth, if you're familiar with him, he's a soap star. He's about to get a TLC show. He was one of my past clients. So I was working in a whole different avenue. And when I made the jump to Keeper, everybody was like, why? Like, why Keeper? Why Password Manager? And I just had this notion in my brain, like, if I can make cybersecurity sexy, like, I can do anything, right? Like, I I could do anything. And so that was really my goal from the beginning. Um, To give you a little background of knowledge about me also, because I mentioned it a lot in this presentation, is that um, 
I actually started in radio broadcasting. So I went to school in Valdosta, South Georgia, on the Georgia-Florida border. Um, I graduated with a degree in communications, and then I won a contest to become a radio DJ. And it was like American Idol. I stood on a stage at the mall and competed for a job. And I won. And I did that for about eight years. I worked also in the office and in promotions. Um, And that's how I got into social media. That's when businesses were creating social media accounts. And I created, you know, a social media and Instagram for my persona, my radio personality. And I grew it to like 4,000 followers organically through live video. And everybody was like, how did you do this? And so before long, I was advising to all the social media personalities. My company owned seven stations and an online newspaper. So I was helping everybody with their brand and all the stations with the business brands. And that's kind of where I got launched. So I talk about influencer marketing and social media a lot, like as it pertains to radio and podcasting, because that's my background. So here I am at Keeper two years ago. How do we make cybersecurity sexy? Here are the things that we know. Like 84% of consumers said that watching a brand's video is the reason they were convinced to make a purchase or subscribe to a service. So this is really high. Obviously, this statistic comes from 2021, which is after I really came to Keeper. But obviously, it's inflated because of the pandemic, the, the unprecedented times we were in the last two years, where it was like everybody was just craving content and creation, but it's no surprise. We love video. Everybody does. By by watching a brand's video, 83% of consumers stay longer while browsing web pages. If any of you guys run social media or influencer marketing initiatives right now, you already know that video is one of the highest converters. And then social media posts with video or animation receive an average of 25% higher engagement. On the keeper side, this is actually closer to like 34% higher engagement. So if you follow us on Keeper on LinkedIn or Twitter, which I mean, if you don't, you should. Thank you. Shameless plug. Um, We actually see like 33% higher engagement on video content. So these are the stats that I really needed to create a robust video strategy for Keeper. They said, what are you going to do that's going to make this different? And I knew right out of the gate, we were going to start including video into our strategy as much as So we're talking about a password manager. Like, how can you really, really make it sexy? Because there's a couple big things, um, obstacles that I'm constantly fighting on social. For one, it's that category awareness versus brand awareness, right? Like, not only... Do people not really know what a password manager is like the average consumer, but they don't, they definitely don't know what Keeper is. So a lot of my posts have to mention what password management is, right? The pain point, why you need it. So it's just an extra obstacle in all my pieces of content that I'm always thinking about overcoming, even in organic posts you know, you have to make a shout out to what a password manager is to a certain extent. We're also a cybersecurity company. I don't know if you guys can relate, but we have very little data 
on our customers. You know, we position ourselves as a cybersecurity company first and foremost. And so we don't collect a lot of data. We don't we don't keep a lot of data. I was very surprised coming from, you know, an agency or a theme park in the past that had concerts and kept very very particular details on like season pass holders and when they visited and targeted them the same weekends each year because we knew they would want to come back, right? Keeper doesn't keep that kind of data on people. We don't really know our ideal customer. I mean, we know our ideal customer, but we don't really know our ambassador kind of customer and like the details of their life and why they purchase because we've never kept that kind of data. So, I mean, a huge obstacle when you're talking about social, when you're talking about video, creating content of any kind. I kind of mentioned this before, but we did a rebrand about three years ago, right before I joined Keeper. Before that, we were like the little cartoony lock. Um, and we we really wanted to rebrand and create this cyber first kind of brand, this authority in the cybersecurity space, because that's where we're a differentiator. We don't necessarily just call ourselves a password manager. We're, we're a cybersecurity platform, first and foremost, for individuals and businesses to prevent data breaches and cyber attacks and get their password lives together. So anytime you say cybersecurity to the wrong audience, they they are a little bit automatically confused. So that's a big obstacle that I have to face on social and in creating content. And then also we have the B2C product as well as the B2B. So strict part of my social media strategy and influencer strategy is where we're going to post what content, what makes sense on each platform. Um, Obviously, Facebook and Instagram don't see all the same posts that LinkedIn sees and vice versa. So that's like, that's a really big, I, I say obstacle that I have to overcome, but really it's something that I just have to think about as I'm creating content for Keeper. Because I come from radio, I think of everything in social media as a benchmark. So when you're listening to a podcast, because that's a little more relevant in 2021, or like a radio show, if you've ever listened to the same person, the same show multiple times, you'll notice that they have benchmarks, right? And so in radio, a benchmark is just an occurring piece of content with the show. So when I was on the pop station, I did like the daily dummy and every day at 3.50, I would talk about someone in the news who did something really, really stupid. And so that was a benchmark. It was something that my listeners could subconsciously count on every single day. I would talk about like the dumbest person in the news and frankly, make fun of them. A little bit insensitive, if I'm going to admit it. So when we're looking at our social media, we want to create benchmarks that people can pay attention to, that they'll subconsciously learn to expect from us. And so I talk about how social media is a recipe a lot. It's like the same ingredients over and over again when you're creating a big social media strategy. So the first thing I did was I created benchmarks. Here's some static examples, but like memes, those are a big benchmark for us. We post, you know, two to three memes a month. Most of them I create in-house. Also holidays, we stay away from uh, most of the social media, national holidays, like national dog day, stuff like that. Unless I have a good piece of content, then I'll participate. But for the most part, we stay with like big holidays or tech holidays. Like sysadmin day is a big, big benchmark event for us. Um, We drive a lot of leads. 
stuff like that. So holidays are a big benchmark. Also any kind of cost, um, I'm sorry, any kind of employee recognition. So when we hire a new member of our leadership team around Thanksgiving and Christmas, I do a social media kind of recognition for employees, asking them what they're thankful for. Um, Veterans Day, you know, we we interview or highlight the veterans at Keeper. So anyway, we can recognize employees that there's people behind the screen at Keeper. That's a big benchmark for us. And then also partnerships. So we just have this kind of templated social media announcement where we bring on a new partner, or we work with someone. And so benchmarks not only help you fill the content funnel, right? They help you have things to talk about all the time, but it's also this notion of like creating a process, something that your followers are going to subconsciously know is coming down the line. The executive team knows is coming down the line because, you know, part of what we do is training leadership to understand marketing, you know, there's, there's plenty of them that think that they're marketers and they're not. So this is something, if they follow us on social, or if they ask me for a social post, you know, I can easily point to the fact that we don't post about that often, or we are planning a post about that. And if you follow Keeper, it's like, it's like the recipe, you, you know, what we're going to be talking about, what's coming next. So that's just a little bit about benchmarks as it pertains to like these are static images, but that's kind of setting it up for a lot of what I've done at Keeper for our influencer and social media marketing. So that brings us to our probably most popular video benchmark, and that is our cyber news update. So this is just along the conversation of, okay, we're a password manager, but we're a cybersecurity company. So there are a lot of cybersecurity conversations that pertain to passwords or, you know, that we have an opinion on, but how do we get it out there? How do we create content that's not just like, hi, passwords suck. Hi, buy Keeper, use Keeper, right? We have to create conversations and community. And Cyber News Update is one of the ways that I've done that. So really easy. And I've just turned it into this conveyor belt of content where I find the topic. And unfortunately, I do a lot of the work up front where I have to write the script decide why it's relevant to our audience and write a script out. And then I have someone in our organization film it. So this is Marcia Dumpster. She's our senior director of channel sales. And she is one of my ambassadors in the company, somebody that's really comfortable on video, that's always willing to help me and also has a leadership title. So as you're approaching creating social media content, video content, you know, you got to look for those people in your organization that you can create their influence for them. So maybe it's somebody that has a ton of LinkedIn connections and is comfortable on video. Maybe it's a member of the marketing society, the marketing team that's very comfortable on video, but you have people in your pocket that you can use to create video. And my suggestion is to ask them as much as possible, keep them close, you know, make sure they're willing to help you. And then one of the ways I do that is I just write the script for them. Very few times where I would expect them to come up with what to say on their own. And, you know, in a perfect world, we would 
we would have a topic for a cyber news update like this one where the president issued an executive order to improve the country's cybersecurity. This was all based on zero trust technology. You guys have probably read this. Um, and zero trust and zero knowledge go hand to hand. That's also one of Keeper's value props and differentiators is that we're a zero knowledge technology and we have no access to your passwords. So something that makes us fit into this executive order very well, have the cybersecurity conversation as it pertains to the public sector and government tech and zero trust, you know, a lot of different cybersecurity conversations that Keeper wants to say, hey, we're involved, we have something to say. And so the cyber news update was a great way to talk about it. Now, in a perfect world, I would have had a VP of government tech to talk about it, um, or even like the public sector marketing director talk about it. But in this case, I used my CEO, Darren Guccione. I'm also very lucky to have a CEO that can and will talk on video. So I wrote out the script. He, of course, made lots of edits, but luckily I've been able to have them treat it like a benchmark or a news show where they introduce what we're talking about. So all the scripts have become templated. Hi, my name is XYZ. My title is XYZ. Here's your cyber news update. And then a brief synopsis of what is going on in the world. So obviously, the one in the top left corner was about the executive order. Um, this one on the right side was about the new um, an, an iPhone vulnerability that released people's data. So, you know, we kind of had a different value prop there of like, if you have an iPhone, this should interest you. Like, please like and share because at the end of the day, it goes on social media. And then, of course, we give a brief synopsis of like how to fix it or how Keeper protects you or how, you know, you can find out more information. It's on the website. So then I always also have them end with their name and title again. And this is a cyber news update and I will tag them in it. So a lot, I get, I get feedback that the introducing the cyber news update is feels corny to them, which yeah, if they don't come from a media or marketing background, it probably does. But I find this important to our benchmark strategy. Like this is a cyber news update. I also use the hashtag cyber news update. I tag them. So I want people to be subliminally taught that this is something that you can expect from Keeper. We're going to talk about cybersecurity news. It's not just passwords around here, right? You can follow this hashtag. You can follow this person. You can expect more content like this. So all part of my conveyor belt of how I made this a benchmark. I created the template for the script. When a new topic comes up, I now have members of leadership that will ping me and be like, hey, Kate, did you see the new... Apple vulnerability, can we do a cyber news update? And I'm like, heck yeah, we totally can. Do you want to record it? And most of the time I can get somebody to say yes, which is great. I pop out a really quick script. We write content all day. Most of us probably do. It's not that hard. Luckily, and when you have a template that tells you what you're supposed to say and when, it really helps you just kind of fill in the blanks. And then with my video design, I also have a design team in-house, so it makes it very easy that we've templated what the intro looks like. They created a 15 second intro that says cyber news updates and this very clean bottom of the screen that they pop on and it says the name of the person. So I can get my design team to knock out this video in 
you know, an hour, an hour and a half. Usually if I tell them that it's coming and I can get the person to record it fairly quickly, if I have the script and then that helps us by templating everything out, we can stay on top of the cybersecurity news. And then we're not releasing content about a vulnerability or a cyber attack weeks after it happens. So this is how we can stay in front of the issue, insert ourselves into conversations that passwords don't necessarily always pertain, but we have a point of view on and show people that Keeper is a great solution. So Dan asked if we use a teleprompter app. I have had a couple people ask for one. And so we just started downloading a teleprompter app. There's one for Windows 11. I'll have to ping you afterwards. I can't remember what it's called, but yes, there's a free teleprompter app app where you just plug it in and it'll show. That helps some people. Um, The majority of the time, I'm not going to lie. I don't really care if it looks like they're reading. It doesn't really matter to me. It's not appearing on WGN, right? Like it's not a professional newscast. It doesn't bother me that much. And most people have a double screen monitor where they can put it up. But if it's something that, you know, you have people at your company that are like, I'm a little nervous, download a free teleprompter app and help them and have them use it. Because anything that makes somebody more comfortable to record video, I mean, we know it's hard. You know, it's it's hard to get marketers to do it, let alone other people in your organization. So the benchmarking process, the teleprompter app, anything you can do that will make it easier that they can just record it for you and you can go work your magic. It makes it so much easier. I'm willing to do it. So for recording these videos, I've been using StreamYard. We use StreamYard to do our LinkedIn Live, which I'll go ahead and talk about. So I've been using StreamYard for these because also what I found is that if you aren't there when somebody records it, you you don't have any input on you know, feedback or whether or not it was good. And I say good, you know, with a grain of salt because people always think that they're worse than they are. Most of the time it's it's fine and it's perfect and there's nothing wrong with it. So we use StreamYard. It's been very effective for me. We just upgraded to the paid version of StreamYard for the 4K. But if you're just going to use it for purposes like this, I highly suggest just getting the free version, especially if you have an editing team or if you're an editor that you can you know, edit any of the video content, but I send them a link. They jump into StreamYard. As the admin, I can edit what their name is so I can remove their name. I can add a name. Um, In my case, I have the video design team. They edit that uh, bottom fourth corner to say their name. So I don't need them to put anything on it. And then I just record right through there. And sometimes I'll have them record it twice in a row, three times in a row, they can stop. And then I can just take myself off screen. So they have the whole screen to themselves. They can record it, but then I'm right there cheerleading them on. So that's what's worked best for us. If anybody else has a great recording studio type technology, like send it in the chat. I'm always looking for something. StreamYard is something that we use for LinkedIn Live. So I just repurpose it. And that's what's worked for me. So yeah, so that's a little bit about our cyber news update. Obviously, the first three or four that we published, it was like, what are we doing? You know, people who weren't as comfortable with video were asking a lot of questions about why they have to read it this way. And that's why it's really important. Just just look for your ambassadors within the within your organization, people that you know will help you on social, record a video for you. Lean on them for help, especially when you're first launching something like this. And eventually, as more and more videos publish and you're 
featuring employees, like I've found that people start asking me, they'll, they'll ping me and say, Hey, I'll record a video for you. Obviously when we're all working from home, it's a little bit harder, which is why I use StreamYard. But you know, the more content you create and the more you make it like a benchmark, the more people are going to start listening, especially inside your organization. So those are my biggest suggestions. Sarah said Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. They use it for recording podcasts and now has video. She's used it at her last job. So StreamYard, Zencaster, one of those, check it out. I think that it just works better than recording on a Zoom. Because if you notice, you know, you can see, so Maria is an, an admin, like a presenter in this right now. And so she's muted and has her camera turned off, but there's still a little button. So on something like StreamYard or Zencaster, you can take yourself out of the room and the whole screen is them. It's just less editing. So that's what I like to do. If you have any other questions about Cyber News Update, feel free to ping me. I'm also in the Slack channel and you can follow that hashtag Cyber News Update and you can see the things that we're talking about. And that's on LinkedIn and then also usually on Twitter. All right, everyone, if you're looking to generate quality cybersecurity leads and opportunity pipeline for your sales team, webinars are the channel you need to be leveraging. Lead Gen webinars bring you real live audiences in your target ICP with engagement you can measure, something other channels just can't match. Actual Tech, an official lead generation partner of the Cybersecurity Marketing Society, specializes in fully turnkey cybersecurity webinar programs with CPLs far below what you're used to. Everyone, I have spent a lot of money on webinars and lead generation in the past. And I gotta say, I was really impressed with Actual Tech. I saw the results of those webinars that they've been running for cybersecurity audiences, and I was impressed with the lead quality and the lead quantity. So visit actualtechmedia.com backslash CMS or hit today's show notes for more information. Hey, Kate, there, uh, it's, it's Maria. Hi, Kate. Hi. <laughs> I'm taking over for Gianna. There are a few questions in the chat. Uh, do you want to take just a few minutes to look at them? And I can read them to you. That's not an issue. Yeah, cool. I thought I answered all of them. Okay, perfect. That's fine then. Oh, wait, there is one on the Q&A. Meredith wants to know, what are you using to record videos? Oh, that's the one that you just answered, right? Yeah. All, <laughs> yep. right. all right, great. All right, perfect. So we're up to date and I'm all caught up. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's kind of my first benchmark. That was the first thing that I did at Keeper was I started establishing benchmarks and I started with that cyber news update. That's really honestly been tremendous for us creating a video brand. So then we decided to apply for LinkedIn Live <laughs> because, you know, why not? Why not just start a whole new show on LinkedIn and live stream? And we, we applied for LinkedIn Live about three times and got denied. Finally got accepted after we started posting more video content, like the cyber news update. And I think now they're accepting a lot more people. So if you haven't applied, it might not be a big deal. But for us back then, it was. We decided to really launch a show on LinkedIn Live, a, a new benchmark, a new piece of content.
content that would help us insert ourselves into the cybersecurity conversation. So this is something you'll hear us say a lot. Like, I don't want to get just pigeon held into passwords. There's a lot of parts of cybersecurity that we have a point of view on, ransomware attacks, cyber attacks in general, digital transformation. You know, there's a lot of cybersecurity topics and keepers like, hey, we want to slice the pie. We want to talk about it. So LinkedIn Live, we got approved and we said, what are we going to do? And I decided to launch this Keeper Live show. We started really hot with Cybersecurity Awareness Month uh, last year, which was right after we got approved. And I decided for National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, we're going to do one a week. I'm going to pick a different cybersecurity topic each week. I'm going to have somebody at Keeper interview that person as it pertains to the topic, and we're just going to jump in. So this is another benchmark I created. This was really part of my B2B influencer marketing strategy, because anybody who works in B2B knows like it's really hard to launch an influencer marketing strategy for any B2B product, right? Like You can give them talking points, you can create landing pages and give away free trials, but it's just one of those things that I don't think, I personally don't think anybody is doing really, really well. And maybe I'm wrong. If you think that there's a B2B company out there doing influencer well, please write it in the chat. I'd love to follow them. But I decided we're going to scrappily handle B2B influencer marketing. We're going to really use it as a generator to get more followers on LinkedIn and insert ourselves into those cybersecurity conversations. So Thus was born Keeper Live and just another benchmark that I treated like a news show. I made the questions. I came up with the topic based on what's trending in cybersecurity. I wrote the questions. I found the influencer on social that we wanted to interview. And then I brought someone on from the Keeper side. So this one on the right, right here, securing your digital transformation. That's like a huge topic with cybersecurity all these different industries are way behind in tech and in the times and how can we you know, transform digitally? How can we depend more on the cloud and also avoid cyber attacks? So we linked up with Dr. Eric Cole, who is a pretty big influencer on LinkedIn. He's someone that I do pay to talk about us because we also book him for webinars. He hosts webinars for us and drives us leads. So I was able to negotiate a small fee for this LinkedIn Live. And he's got like, you know, 20,000 followers probably on LinkedIn. So it was great to be able to get him to join. And then we had Dan Wilbright, our former VP of public sector, interview him. And again, I came up with the list of questions for someone like Dan Wilbrecht, where this was one of his first uh, presentations with us. I did write him out a script about what digital transformation is, why Keeper plays. I made notes in the script about where he can plug Keeper. I really did a lot of work at the beginning to make sure that he was comfortable. And that's just part of templating it. So, you know, when, when people ask me like, but isn't it so much work? I mean, it is. Yeah, it absolutely is. Especially when you're starting out. But then I have somebody like Marsha Dempster, who you can see on the left-hand side. She did one with Danny Pehar. He's a Forbes Tech Council contributor. He does a lot of LinkedIn lives with us. He talks about cybersecurity on LinkedIn all the time. He's a great resource to follow. Now Marsha's done a handful of these with us. She doesn't need 
a very thorough script, right? She knows what she's doing. So that's just part of templating it is making people feel comfortable at the beginning and then they'll help you more. So I treated this like a new show. Also, I knew by creating the promotional graphics with design ahead of time that they could be templated based on the topic. It would just make it really easy for them to pop in a new topic and a new speaker. So this is this is the kind of graphic you'll see on every one of our LinkedIn Lives. This is also the background of the LinkedIn Live when you jump on before we've started. Brief intro music, which we can do right on StreamYard. So we really wanted to make ours look like a new show. Other people I see do way more relaxed ones and they do great. Kyle Burt, he runs a LinkedIn Live show on cybersecurity and digital, or more, I think, focused on tech, but it's fantastic and way more casual. Coming from a brand, I just really wanted to look professional, so this is what we did. And the idea of these LinkedIn Lives was really to kind of package a campaign for our sales leader or for our sales members. So I create the script. Design and I create the promotional images. We usually will do like a 15-minute dry run, um, a separate calendar invite where we jump on. We try not to go over the questions because I don't want anything to turn stale. I just want them to say whether or not they feel comfortable answering all those questions. Then we held the event. I can download the link right from StreamYard, and then we go upload it on YouTube. For something like digital transformation, that's a higher priority topic. We'll create a whole campaign for that. We have a landing page where we've put the video. We'll do a lead gen form on there. I'll create some email content and send it to our demand gen director and he'll create email cadences. So any sales rep that has a conversation about digital transformation with a client or with a prospect, they can send all of this content out. And it's it's just a way that Keeper's considered a leader in the space. And then it's also a way to engage with leaders in other departments. You know, someone like the senior director of channel sales, you know, she she's a great uh, member for us because she can talk about cybersecurity as a whole. She does cyber sales, but there's a lot of other people and other departments, leadership that we haven't tapped into that there's a topic for them. So last year for NC Sam, we did creating a culture of cybersecurity and I had our director of HR on that one. So that was a great topic that Keeper doesn't always get to play in, but you know, our director of HR got to have a point of view and she's never done a LinkedIn live before and she was fantastic. So just that that thought leadership, that scrappy B2B influencer strategy. It's like, how can we work with influencers on LinkedIn without just like giving them money to drive free trials? How can we get more followers to our LinkedIn page? And then how can we also establish ourselves as a leader in the cybersecurity space? So I'm checking out the chat right now. Sarah also said that she recommends a USB ring light and mics for people that regularly record videos for you. Absolutely. About $50 a person. And that's, that's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah. Maria also likes the ring lights. Gianna was talking about it earlier. So yeah, those are life-changing definitely. And if you have people that are more worried about being on video, you know, that's something that instantaneously makes them feel more comfortable, looks better. The quality is m- much better. So definitely check that out. So Garrett asks our typical viewer attendee number. So if you're talking about the LinkedIn lives, we see anywhere from 50 to like 100 attendees on the LinkedIn lives. I mean, it's a a live video on LinkedIn. 
We do Thursday afternoons. I did some testing um, with some afternoon times and actually overall, probably mornings would be better attendance. But at Keeper, we have tons of meetings normally in the morning and it's really hard to narrow down people to attend. So like I said, it's not just about the live participants for me. It's about the gaining in followers. So as a general rule of thumb, we gain about 50 followers on LinkedIn a week. Um, We teeter around that 50 mark. And when I will do a LinkedIn live and tag both speakers and, you know, use the hashtag keeper live and engage with the content that the that Danny Pehar is posting on LinkedIn. When we are really promoting a LinkedIn Live, a Keeper Live, we'll see anywhere from 100 to 150. So, I mean, two times what we normally see in a week. So that's the KPI that I'm really judging against is how many views I have after the fact, which will be you know, usually around a thousand views on the video, not live, but after the fact. And then um, 100, 100 to 150 followers the week up from around 50. So that's our KPI on our LinkedIn lives is gaining followers. That's what's been successful for me and what I've been looking at. And then of course we post them to YouTube. So then we'll see a couple thousand followers on the YouTube video or a couple thousand views on the YouTube video, but that's because we send it out in emails. We make a cadence out of it. If it's a big topic like digital transformation, we can also run ads. We've done stuff with Spiceworks to promote it. So you know, it's those after campaigns that really help drive the attendance. It's also hard to drive LinkedIn live attendance because you can't really add it to your calendar. We can promote it, but it's not like registering for a webinar where they send you an email. You know, you just have to do the best you can. Another thing we've done is we started going live like three minutes before we actually wanted to start because then it will alert all your followers that you're live. And we just play some background music in the background that says, the show will begin shortly. Like we've really turned it into like a a weird newscast, Um, but it's worked for us. So that's what we've been doing. Liz asked what tools we use to to monitor cybersecurity topics. I mean, mostly I work with our PR agency and our director of PR to talk about what's coming up, um, what's hot on the list. So ransomware, we have one coming up in ransomware. We'll do four again this year for National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, which I guess is just Cybersecurity Awareness Month now. But I mean, I'm, I'm monitoring like Google keyword search a lot. I'm looking for trends in cyber. I mean, I'm on social all day. So I think it's just something that I'm used to doing. Okay. So Nancy came in late and she wants to know what benchmarking is. So I look at, I, my background is in radio, Nancy. So I look at benchmarking as something that happens all the time on your social or in your marketing, the way it would on a radio show. So if you listen to a podcast or a radio show and you notice at the same time in the show, every single episode or day, they will mention the same kind of thing. So for me, when I was on a pop channel, every single day we talked about like news. Sorry, I can't think of it. Like pop culture news. So for 60 seconds, I would talk as fast as I could. And I would highlight every single thing that happened this week in pop culture that you need to know and why. So for 60 seconds, I would talk about it. And that was a benchmark. Something that our listeners can subliminally know is going to happen on my show each and every day. So I'm not talking about benchmark in terms of metrics. I'm talking about benchmarks of something that somebody can remember on your page. So our cyber news update videos happen a couple times a month. There's a hashtag for it. It's something that if you follow Keeper, you can expect 
to see. The Keeper Lives are a benchmark. If you have any other questions about that, feel free to ping me. Michelle Smith wants to know what kind of, what PR agency we use. Right now we're using Shift for B2B and we just signed on with a B2C agency called Kickstand. They're pretty new, so I can't answer to them necessarily yet, but we do like Shift. We're pretty happy with them. Um, Without context, what do you see as industry average in terms of webinar attendance ratio in niche cybersecurity markets? All right. So if we're looking at webinars, I really don't have like like a like an answer for you unfortunately i help promote the webinars but i'm not really hands on what i can say is that our webinar attendance skyrocketed when we started including influencers in that strategy so dr eric cole who i i've shown you right here He's somebody that launches webinars for us. He moderates the webinars. We usually have our CEO and sometimes one other person on the panel to talk about it. So we launched like a, a ransomware report a few months ago. It was it was one of our biggest studies of the year and Dr. Eric Cole hosted it. So when you sign on for an influencer to host your webinars, you also get his promotion on his page, his email list. Dr. Eric Cole drives attendance for us as well as leads because he'll send out email correspondence, which is really helpful. Plus, he's just great on camera, right? He does this for a living and he knows what he's doing. So since we've paired up with Dr. Eric Cole, we really saw our webinar attendance jump a lot. It's part of that influencer you know, strategy and, and storytelling. And if you can depend on someone else that's trusted, like that's what influencer marketing is, right? It's using someone else that's trusted in their field to talk about your brand. So it just instantly legitimizes us a little bit to have Dr. Eric Cole on conversations, social media webinars. Otherwise, I include him a lot. And sometimes it is a fee, definitely to host our webinars and sometimes on social. But because we have a partnership with him, I'm usually able to negotiate. Do you have a North Star KPI or metric video views, traffic to websites, leads? For us, it's been social media followers. That's what I'm in charge of. That's what I'm looking at is social media followers. When we work with influencers on a consumer basis, that's a little bit different. And I have some content on that that I'll share with you in a moment. But we're, we're looking at social media followers mostly. Um, I do look at traffic to the website, how many clicks came to the website, but that's going to be from our LinkedIn page and the button that's on our LinkedIn page. It's not as much like what's on a LinkedIn live. So, I mean, I follow closely like organic traffic to the website all the time. I'm looking for lifts in organic traffic when I'm launching influencer campaigns to see what I'm going to attribute that to myself. But a lot of it is a guessing game. My suggestion is to jump in thinking about what you really want to measure and find a way to do that. So if traffic to the website is the most important thing, you know, then then that's what you should focus on. But for us, it was social media followers. That was the most important thing for us, especially at the beginning. And then do you find more panelists will do it for free? Yes. There's very few people. We've been doing LinkedIn Live for over a year. There's very few people I've ever paid. Dr. Eric Cole, I pay. The members of Cyber Support Network, 
I, or sorry, Cybercrime Support Network. They're a nonprofit. I'll pay them, but I pay them in like a package fee. So I'll sign on to do a couple pieces of content with them, like a Twitter chat, a LinkedIn live and a couple other things. And then that goes towards the nonprofit. So it's something that I'm willing to pay for. I hope I'm answering all your guys' questions. I know it's, it's a lot of content to cover. Okay, so David, tell us, what is Content Workshop and how is it different than other agencies? Well, Content Workshop is a storytelling agency and we take storytelling seriously. We help brands tell their story effectively with specific marketing and business goals as the root. And we're not here telling stories for story's sake, although that sounds like fun, maybe we should do that as well. We're here to tell stories to meet business goals. We work with small and overworked marketing teams in the cyber industry use storytelling to reach business goals. That's it, that's what we do. As far as how we're different from other agencies, that's for everybody else to decide. I think we are great, but we hire people with master's degrees in storytelling. We spend a lot of time on the strategy of content and we look at outcomes. Learn more about Content Workshop storytelling services for cybersecurity companies at contentworkshop.com. So this is where we're at. So we launched a couple big video benchmark for influencer. We're gaining followers. We're talking about about different topics on cybersecurity. So so now what do we do? How can we increase storytelling? So I think everybody in the room probably understands that story, storytelling in cybersecurity is interesting. It's just different. We get bogged down in the nitty gritty and the technical, and there's a lot of things that people want you to say in your videos and in your content. And it's just, is it appealing? Is it sexy? Does it speak to anyone, let alone consumers? So storytelling is something that we've always struggled with in Keeper. And I took on the challenge of, I'm going to use influencer marketing to try to boost our storytelling. This was the launch of our consumer influencer marketing strategy. It's interesting that we started with B2B, but like I said, at the beginning, our main KPI was to boost social media followers. So that made more sense to use things like Cyber News Update and Keeper Live to boost those followers, get more attention on our page. But now we really want to do more storytelling. We want to talk about the consumer product And this is how I launched a scrappy, because everything I've done is scrappy with very little budget, a scrappy influencer strategy for our consumer product. Um, I started working with micro influencers, so smaller influencers that haven't worked with a lot of brands, but that have high engagement. So lots of people commenting on their posts. And really at the beginning, I focused on gamers. That's what has worked for us and continues to work for us is that these affluent gamers that are going to spend a couple hundred dollars plus on gaming consoles, they're going to understand the use of passwords, why it's important, why it's something that you need to protect, especially after the huge Nintendo hack in 2020. You know, we really were able to get the attention of gamers. So that's who I started to work with. We've also worked with some like tech uh, reviewers, like this bottom. Him, technically T, but he's not like a super safe. He's not somebody that has millions and millions of followers. He's smaller. He has higher engagement and it's easier to negotiate packages with him. You know, my budget's only a couple thousand dollars. I'll also give you free keeper. What can you do for me? 
and they want to work with you also. Like they want to work with brands. I also look for people that have worked with VPNs because if they have worked with a VPN and they have a and they have content already talking about it, they're definitely going to understand how to talk about Keeper. But really where I had to start with consumer influencers was gift wrapping those campaigns for them. I really found that working with smaller influencers, even if they have higher engagement, they haven't worked with a lot of brands before and you have to gift wrap the talking points. So when I first started working with gamers, I would have to say like, this is what happened with the big Sony hack. This is why gamers should care. Here's information about it. We wrote a blog about it that I shared. I've even done like video introductions to some of these influencers, recorded a quick video on StreamYard about why I want to work with them and sent that over to them. You have to do some of the work up front. Obviously, if you're going to partner with an influencer marketing agency and spend $100,000 a month to help them, to have them help you run campaigns, then sure, you can just pay for it. But I had to prove that we were going to see results and I had to do it the scrappy way. And really my main focus on launching the consumer strategy, influencer marketing strategy at the beginning was storytelling. So, you know, there's a lot of different industries that we want to talk to, like families, these lifestyle bloggers, these gamers that we can't necessarily create all of the catered content for. So I'm going to find a gamer like Mad Skills at the top middle and the bottom right, who's been hacked, who has really high engagement, and I'm going to let him do the storytelling for me. So I write out the top talking points. I pay him a little bit of money. And in his case, I gave him a promo code to help us drive some consumer conversions. But what I really wanted out of this campaign was his story, his actual story. People want to connect to that storytelling capability. We get so dogged down in the nitty gritty of explaining our zero knowledge security and why you need a password manager and all of these things. When an influencer in a 60 second video can say, I was hacked. This is what happened. This is why it sucked. This is why I have Keeper. And those are just like testimonials, right? Like those are just invaluable for anything on social. So what I really focused on when I launched our consumer strategy was working with people who had been hacked, who had a story to tell, and I paid them less for um, the actual like integration because they had, they're not huge influencers with millions of followers, but I was able to pay money to use their videos. So we used mad skills at 60 second out of his video that he talked about him being hacked and why he has keeper. And we used it and ran an ad on it to our followers. I mean, they didn't necessarily know who he was. It wasn't like we're using Ryan Gosling or somebody with a huge name to talk about keeper, but it was the fact that that content Content that people want to see, that storytelling aspect in video with subtitles looks really nice. They're automatically going to trust a person over a brand. And then we use that to run ads. So this is where I started on Influencer. And this is kind of where it's grown. Um, we looked at video views. We looked at like a CPV, CPM, KPI on these. Of course, we were running ads. So on that, we were tracking 
um, clicks to the landing page that we made and the promo code conversions. Um, and then I gave each one of these influencers a personalized promo code so we could track conversions. So that's where I started. If you guys have any more questions, I know it's like so much content to cover, but I'm trying to make sure we talk about everything. Here we are. We've launched very scrappy B2B influencer marketing, very scrappy B2C influencer marketing. And now the next question is, how can we make Keeper famous? And so this is where I was tasked with the project manager job to create a commercial. We worked with Grizzly. They are in San Diego. Highly recommend them from a branding aspect in general. Happy to make you an introduction. They are fantastic. They helped us dig deep into Keeper, what we really wanted to accomplish and our brand and where it's kind of changed since the rebrand to help us solve that problem again, like category awareness versus brand awareness. Like, yes, you need a password manager, but Keeper is the best one. So how can we get people to use Keeper? And we decided to go first with a B2C commercial that was really going to help us overcome that obstacle of what is a password manager and why you should get one. And then also why you should choose Keeper. And we really wanted to avoid password dummies. So what we ended up doing was working with Joe Bean Esposito. He sang the song the best in the Karate Kid. It just worked really well for us and our target market of 25 to 40 year olds. It had that nostalgic song. We had him brand it for Keeper. So instead of saying nothing's going to ever get you down. He's saying, don't let passwords keep you down. And we created this beautiful commercial in my biased opinion. It was great and ran it on Hulu and Sling and social media and OTT platforms built a beautiful landing page. So this was Keeper's first B2C commercial. It launched in uh, November of 2020. And then we just launched in September of 21, a B2B companion ad to go with it. So it featured Joe again. And then it just came back and said, hey, we're the best, but from a B2B perspective. So those are on our social media, also on YouTube. Feel free to watch them. Hopefully some of you have seen them on Hulu. I have. So hopefully some of you have. So this was kind of our next step. We've, we've done this influencer marketing. We've integrated video. This We're going all in. We're making a commercial. And this is this has been my pride and joy of the last year. All right. Two years later, Kate came on and decided to do some influencer and social media videos. So how do we do? We've increased our social media followers 12% quarter over quarter consistently. We are the most liked password manager on LinkedIn. Um, that's something that I really like to boast about. That was one of our biggest KPIs is how can we just get more eyes on our content? And there we are. That's something I've been looking at. Um, we brought on an influencer marketing agency. They're called Ben out of LA. They're now managing our campaigns at a higher scale. Um, we're looking at, you know, things like organic lift. We're looking at conversions. Everything we've done with them has been brand awareness so far. We're going to launch a pretty aggressive um, conversion strategy campaign with them coming up in Q1. So I'm very excited on that. And really just like how many conversions, how many password managers can you sell? So that's a little bit different than what we've done so far. And I'm excited to see the results. Most importantly, when I talk to influencers now, when I do any scouting on my own, the first question they ask me is not, are you like LastPass or are you like Dashlane? They're like, oh, Keeper, I've heard of you. So as far as I'm concerned, that's a win because when I first started, that was one of my biggest obstacles. And then now we're able to do more things like launch market research studies, get more imperative data about who our customer is and how we're talking to them. 
We're also launching a brand lift study right now after the second commercial, which is something that I've been fighting for. And then we're about to do our first attribution study, our attribution survey with some of our conversions on the consumer side. So these are things that I've just been fighting for on the brand side. And I I call them wins in this whole campaign because brand marketing got very little love from Keeper before I started. That's it. Thank you. I know we covered so much, but please remember to use strong passwords and connect with me on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, if you want to try out Keeper, I'm happy to give you a free personal subscription. Just send me a LinkedIn message. And that is all for me. Thank you so much, Kate. This is it's, it's, it's so good. It's so inspiring that it makes me want to go and do influencer marketing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. No, it's great. It's been fun. It's been a lot of work. It's a lot. It's a lot to cover. So um, I hope I answered everybody's questions. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for day two of Cyber Marketing Con. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing Podcast. I want to say again that we want to see you in Austin, Texas, December 10th through 13. We are going to have the best time. And if you're having trouble getting approval or asking for approval, check out the letter on our website, cybermarketingconference.com. We have a template because of course we do. We're marketers. And you can use that to request to attend Cyber Marketing Con 2023 from your boss. As always, leave us five stars. And if you have any questions, send a note to podcast at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. Thanks, and I'll see you soon.